0: It's been a beautiful day. We've had uh, a good time at Richland with the uh, service for the youth over there. And a lady had sent, I don't know if they got announced or not, but I had the card. But a lady sent a card just thanking us for coming over there and appreciated us being a part of that, helping them out as far as a chance for them to worship on Sunday nights. And another quick announcement: Vicky Broderick's dad, and his name is—I'm going to try not to mess it up—Lindell Huff, Huffins. Huffins, Huffins is—he broke his hip, and I think he's there's some stuff going on with that. And just pray for uh, Vicky and Jimmy in that time. I know that that's got to be tough for them and there's a lot of people who are sick and there's a lot of people who are uh, struggling here in the congregation so remember those remember the prayer list and if you have anybody that you need to put on there put it on the back and let's pray for them and let's try to encourage them. Tonight I want to continue our series in talking about the women of the Bible and I want us for just a few uh, minutes talk about Martha and Mary and this story comes from Luke chapter 10 <clears throat> excuse me in verse 38 is where it starts but before we get started i want you to think about this have you have you ever thought about this have you ever wondered how Jesus spent his evenings and his nights in Matthew chapter 8, verses 19 and 20, a scribe comes up to Jesus and he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replies to him by saying, and we know this verse, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. What we can take from that scripture is that there were probably times in Jesus' life when he slept outside, when he slept in a field, or he slept somewhere uh, outside, or uh, who knows where he exactly slept. But there were other times, as is the case here, when Jesus enjoyed the warmth of hospitality of good friends, what a joy probably filled his heart to come and stay with Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus. So let's read this story, and I've got four points tonight, and the lesson will be yours. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now, it happened as they went, uh, as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. The first thing to consider this evening is hospitality is a gift worth sharing. Would you say amen to that? Hospitality is a gift that we all have the ability uh, to share with others. We have the ability to open our homes. We have the ability to open our hearts. To the family next door, to the one you sit next to and worship every Sunday, Sunday night, the one that you talk to during Bible study on Wednesday nights. We have the ability to share our homes with new members who come in to the congregation. What does it hurt by doing that? What's the worst thing that could happen? You gain a new friend you get to brighten someone's day you get to be an example of jesus to others you know the bible talks about this in romans chapter 12 verses 13 through 15 it says distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. What do we see in this story? We see that this certain woman, Martha, welcomed him into her house. She was excited for Jesus to come. She was excited for uh, her home to be opened up to show hospitality. Think about 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 7 through 9, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. (laughs) Now think about this one. Don't answer it out loud, please, but think about it. Have you ever been invited to go to somebody's house and there was a little bit of grumbling going on in your heart? You know, I want to go over there, but not really. I mean, I could be doing some other things. Or maybe vice versa. Somebody You have invited somebody to come to your home and all you think about is how to grumble and complain about the night that it's going to be. What ends up happening usually is once you do that, once you have that person come over and you have the time of fellowship and they leave, usually the conversation goes, man, I really had a good time. Isn't that so true? I really did have a good time. Even though I really didn't want to do this, I had a good time doing it. What can we learn from this story? What can we learn from Martha and Mary is that they welcomed Jesus into their home. Titus chapter 1 verse 8, when talking about the qualifications of the elders, it says that they must be hospitable and a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just wholly self-controlled. Being hospitable to people is something that we can give to people, and it is a gift that is worth sharing. What else can we learn from this story? Let's look at verses 39 and 40 again. The Bible says, And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. The second thing to consider this evening is this. Comparison develops resentment. Now follow me on this one. What do we see as this story unfolds? Martha, who is busy with much-serving, sees her sister Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to his words, right? Could you imagine the frustrated thoughts going on in her head? How dare she do this to me? My own sister. Doesn't she see what I'm doing? I'm doing everything on my own. I cannot believe that she would do something like this to me when we've got these people over here. And that's where the resentment begins, right? When Martha compares her current situation to Mary's, she feels like she's got the raw end of the deal, right? Here she is working and Mary's getting to relax. Don't we fall into that trap ourselves sometimes? You know, when we're on Facebook and we see all those pretty smiles of those people on vacation doing those really cool things, having those fun events, uh, people talking about all of those things that they're getting to do, you know, the world around us is having such a great time, and what do we get to do, brethren? We get stuck with having to do God's will. I mean, people are out doing all kind of stuff tonight, and here I am at church worshiping God. I mean, comparison can be a trickster, can't it? See, because it never fully gives you the truth. It never tells the full story. Watch this thing open up. Here's the truth. No matter how it looks on the outside, God is at work. In every life, isn't he? God is always working. God is always trying to provide a way, right? We're the ones who mess that up. But see, no two lives are the same. You guys don't struggle with the same struggles I do. We may have some that are similar, but we don't have the exact same life. We all have different struggles. So comparing yourself to someone else doesn't change your story. It doesn't change their story. You know what it does? You know what it does? It steals your joy. Because what do you do? You wrap your mind around somebody else. You worry so much about somebody else that you forget what the mission is, to keep your eyes on Jesus. To keep your eyes focused on the thing that really matters. See, think about this. Paul deals with it. This is beautiful how God's word deals with all this stuff. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Watch what Paul says. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they... Those ones who do that, measuring themselves, by themselves, and comparing themselves among themselves are what? They ain't wise. Because what happens? When I start thinking about somebody else and I start thinking about all these great preachers, and I think, man, I can't even measure up to that. I mean, you got a guy, you know the guy that stands up here and he holds the Bible like this the whole time and he can quote the whole thing? that's not me but when I start hearing those things and I start seeing those things if I'm not careful and I start comparing myself to him I fall way short on that list but is that what I should be about you know Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says for do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men for if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Now, remember in the illustration, Martha is upset because here she is trying to do things right for the Lord coming. She's trying to serve the Lord, right? And it's just an outright disrespect that her own sister would sit down. You lazy sister. I mean, seriously. Seriously. I'm working and working and working, and you over there eating up all Jesus' words. (laughs) Oh, Martha, Martha. Isn't that what Jesus tells her? Martha, Martha. Martha. When we start comparing ourselves with other brethren, and you know what? I look up to a lot of people. I look up to a lot of people, and I am so glad that I see an example of Christian works, Christian thoughts, Christian uh, duties that are being done. But you know what? When I start comparing myself to somebody else, I'm going to run into some trouble. Amen? Paul said, "I I just want you to think about what Paul said again. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. We're talking about, he's talking about himself, the group of Christians. He's an apostle. He says, But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Here's the truth. I don't need to compare myself to anybody else except Jesus. That's all I got to compare myself because I'm going to fall short. I got a lot to work, of work to do, right? But when I start looking at a person and I start thinking about, well, I'm a little bit better at them than this. They're not really good at that, but I'm really better than them at this. They're kind of lazy in that category, but I'm, why are we doing that? Because that's how we do if we're not careful and we take our minds off of what we're trying to do. Comparison develops resentment. Look at the third thing. When you're struggling, go to the best source. Is that not true? So look at verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Martha is smart in the fact that as she gets upset by this unfair situation in her mind, she doesn't waste any time. She takes it to the one who can fix the problem. Amen? Boy, what an application. She takes it straight to the one who's going to fix the problem. What does she tell Jesus? Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. (laughs) She knew what needed to be done, right? You ever fallen into that category where you really knew what needed to be done? God, look. Let me just go ahead and just lay it out here for you. I need you to go ahead and do it this way. Because when you do it this way, what's going to happen is it's going to work out a whole lot better for me because I'm going to get this and this will happen and da, da, da. Is that how it works? No. But you know what it does look like? It looks like Philippians chapter 4. You remember the verse that says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Think about the verse. Think about what it's saying. Be anxious for nothing. Is that possible? i tell you what, I've tried And I struggle with not being anxious at all. So what does Paul do? He sets the principle for us up here. Do not be anxious for nothing. You want to know how you can do that? Here's how you do it. But in everything, by prayer. We have been given an avenue that is unbelievable through Jesus Christ. Am I right about it? We can come boldly to the throne to receive grace and mercy in our time of need. So when we go to God in prayer, he gives you the pattern. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So I'm going to take this request to God. Well, how am I going to do it? I'm going to first go to him in prayer. And I'm going to do it with supplication. I'm going to present the problem to him. Lord, here's the problem. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm going through. Hey, you know what? This takes some time. This takes some dedication in your life. This takes some time uh, out of these things that we got going on in the world. You know, we're all so busy, right? We all got so many things going on, and sometimes it's hard to give God ten minutes 10 minutes? That's too long of a prayer, man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I need a 30 second prayer and I'm good to go. Present your request. How do I do it? I understand my avenue is prayer, and I present this request to Him. I say, You know what, Lord, here's the problem that I'm facing. And then it says, With thanksgiving. Do you ever spend time really praying to God about how thankful you are for what he's done? Lord, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk to you right now in this time of need. I really appreciate what Jesus has done for me, allowing me to be able to come to you. Almighty God, creator of everything. You can take time out of your busy schedule to listen to little old me. I thank you for that. And then what does it say? Let your request be made known. Lord, you know my problem. I'm thankful that you're going to hear me. But here's what I got. I need some help. This is what I want you to do for me. This is what I want you to do for me. Isn't that what Jesus did? Did he not do that? He said, if this cup can pass, let it pass. That was his request. But he finished it with, not my will, your will be done. What do we usually do, though, when we have problems with others? We go share it with everybody else, don't we? We go put it on social media. It's like Facebook has become God. If I got a problem, I can't just deal with it. I got to post it on Facebook with a picture and everybody's name on it, right? Tagged in it. And then have 75 comments of just a bunch of mess. I mean, let's just be real about it. I look at Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I see the stuff going on, and if I'm not careful, I'll get sucked up in it myself. We go to our mom, right? We go to our best friend, and what does our best friend do that we love so much? Goes and tells everybody else, right? (laughs) If those things are done the right way, it's okay. But to not go to the one who can fix the situation, isn't that kind of silly? You know, we've been talking about it in Proverbs class. Isn't that a foolish way of thinking? Here was Martha, very distracted because she was trying to serve. She was trying to do what she thought was right. And she comes to Jesus and she says, look, You don't even care that she's sitting down right here and she's not helping me. You need to tell her to get up and help me. But what does Jesus do? Oh, Jesus. The Lord provides the path of peace, doesn't he? Doesn't he do it every time? Doesn't he do it every single time if we let him? After Martha says her peace, the Lord Jesus does what? He reminds Martha and us as well what we need to be concerned about. (laughs) Look at verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Brethren, what should we be concerned about? Where should our focus be? Our focus should be on Jesus, amen? If we concentrate our lives on Jesus and following him, isn't this what we discover? Just tell me if this is true. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, brethren, answer me this question. Is this you? Do you boldly say this? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? When we concentrate on Jesus... When we focus our lives where it needs to be, we discover we're never alone. Never. What else? We know that his grace is sufficient for all that we face. I love Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. You remember Paul says, and my God, my God. Isn't he your God, brethren? Can't you say that with boldness, your God? He says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If I put my mind where it needs to be at, if I am concerned about what I'm supposed to be concerned about, it changes the whole way that I live my life because I know that I'm never alone. And I know that his grace is sufficient. Isn't that what he told Paul when he had that thorn in the flesh that he asked for to be removed three times? Jesus told him, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul says, my God shall supply all your need. Not just some, not just a little bit. According to his riches and glory. By Christ Jesus What else And we find inner peace And strength to face Whatever comes our way Don't we You remember the rest of Philippians Chapter 4 verse 7 It says And the peace of God Which surpasses all understanding Will guard your hearts And minds Through Christ Jesus How does that happen Because I know that What can man do to me? Because I know that I'm never alone in this battle. Because I know that no matter what the struggle is, no matter what the conflict that comes my way, I'm not focusing on somebody else. I'm focusing on what I need to do to be pleasing to God. What was Mary doing? She was at Jesus. Could you imagine being at Jesus' feet? And listening to that man talk, that gives me chill bumps. Jesus, she wasn't worried about anything else. She wasn't worried about anything else. It was on Yeshua, the Savior, the Christ. Is that where we're at? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hey, you may be anxious today. Hey, you may be struggling today. Maybe you got some things that are uh, going really wrong in your life. Just remember this. Hold fast. You're not alone. God is with you. He always is living to make intercession for you. Jesus made a way for you to be heard. He's your adversary. What should be the main thing in our lives? It should be the Lord, shouldn't it? While Martha was doing the things that were not bad things, but while she was doing these things, what Jesus gives her insight on and gives us as well is if we put anything else above serving Him and listening to Him, we put ourselves in a dangerous position. Here's the challenge for the weak, brethren. Here is the challenge for the weak. But seek first the kingdom of God and His Righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Think about somebody you can invite to your house. Think about somebody you could spend some time with. Spend some time this week not comparing yourself to anybody else except Jesus. Spend some time thinking about the qualities that you're lacking when it comes to being like Jesus. Can we ever be Jesus? No. But is that the excuse that we run with so we can't be more like him? Shame on us if it is. I heard it so many times and it hurts, it breaks my heart to hear this. Well, I'm a sinner and I just can't, I mean, it's just what it is and I can't, really? We have the ability to have our sins forgiven at any point. What excuse do we got now? And do we come to the Lord like we should? Spend some time. As soon as you become anxious, as soon as you become down, as soon as you become out, pray to God. Walk through the steps. Present that supplication to him. Give the thanksgiving to him. Ask that request. Spend some time this week really getting into this relationship with God and see what happens in your life. Because what will happen is he provides the path of peace. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Brethren, I love y'all so much. I say it almost every week and I'm going to keep saying it because I really do love you so much I pray for you I hope you have an outstanding week I hope that one of you has the opportunity to tell somebody about the good news and they obey the gospel (laughs) that's what I'm praying on for you pray that for me too pray that something that I'll say something that I'll do will affect somebody's life Let's just be real about it. All of this stuff is going to be gone. But heaven is forever. Where will we put our time? Where will we put our importance? What will we be concerned about most of all? If you're here today and you're not a Christian, Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's not my opinion. That's what Jesus Christ said. Peter on the day of Pentecost told those uh, Jews there who were hurting and who were struggling, they realized that they'd killed Jesus Christ. They said, what do we need to do? Peter said, repent. Turn from the way you're living and turn towards God and be baptized for the remission of your sins. If you need to obey the gospel, if you need prayers, whatever you need, come right now, together we stand and sing.